And here we go on this Tuesday, February the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and the hymn we're going to be looking at today is Hail to the Lord's Anointed. to the Lord's Anointed, was written by James Montgomery. Who's James Montgomery? James Montgomery was born November 1771 in Scotland, oldest son of John Montgomery, an Irish minister of the Moravian Church. And when his parents went to be missionaries in West Indies, Montgomery was sent to a boarding school run by Moravians. He fell behind in his studies because he would keep writing poetry during class. And at the age of 16, he left school, supported himself by selling his poems. He then began to work for the printer of the Sheffield Register, and he took over the paper two years later, changing its name to The Iris. He became outspoken in his support for foreign missions and the Bible Society, fearless in his denunciation of evils, such as slavery, child chimney sweeps, and lotteries. And he spent some time worshiping with Anglicans, Independents, Baptists, and Methodists. In 1825, he lectured on poetry at the Royal Institution in London, and the British government awarded him a literary pension of 200 pounds a year. He fell asleep on April 30th, 1854. Wrote around 400 hymns. Six of them are in the new hymnal of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Angels from the Realms of Glory, Hail to the Lord's anointed, come to Calvary's holy mountain, go to dark Gethsemane, and to your temple, Lord, I come. So that's his background. And so we're going to take a look at the hymn right now. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Mark Smith. And Mark, would you begin by reading the first stanza? Okay, Tom. Hail to the Lord's anointed, great David's greater son. Hail in the time appointed, his reign on earth begun. He comes to break oppression, to set the captive free, to take away transgression and rule in equity. Yes. So what do you think is the most important part of that first hymn? Well, you know, the word that's been in the news this past week is the word equity. You know, that's really uh, kind I of in political search. Yeah, uh, 
uh, President Biden, uh, oh, he was, I think he was dictating one of his uh, presidential uh, executive orders, and uh, he 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 actually stumbled a little bit with it. He he first used the word equality, but then he changed it to equity. And equity is different than equality. Equality is when everything is everything is equal, or when when something is equal to a, a, another. But equity is uh, you're talking about fairness, dealing with people in fairness and injustice. And that's what you're saying. The Lord does by taking away transgressions. And right. rules in equity. Right, justice um, and fairness. Well, we got to once more get back to justice, mercy, and grace. Remember those three? Yes, that's right. Let's see. Justice is getting what we deserve, which, of Excellent. course, which, of course, would be, yeah, that's, that's law. I mean, that's, and right. uh, let's see, justice, and then uh, grace. Mercy. Mercy, mercy is not getting what we deserve. Yes. And grace is getting what we don't deserve. And so. Namely, forgiveness, what's that? life, and salvation. Yeah. Yes. Mercy is. Okay. And we're referred to as captives who are set free that Jesus did. How are we captives? We're captive to, to sin. Uh, death and Satan. Yes, particularly to Satan. We're born into his kingdom, right. and we often consider infant baptism to be a removal from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. It's that almost a right. form of exorcism. Yes, and when you think about that, when you realize that uh, from birth— there's only two kingdoms, really. I mean, uh, there's the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of our Lord. And why would anyone want to put off infant baptism if, if, if that's what plucks us out of Satan's clutches, out of his kingdom, and places us safely into the Lord's kingdom? Yes. Did you notice that, and uh, in fact, Montgomery even says this, that his hymn is somewhat of a translation of Psalm 72. Yes, right. Uh, that's uh, that's one of the references at the bottom of the page in our hymnal, Psalm 72, and then also Psalm 2. Yeah, 72, hymn 72, uh, Psalm 72, 1 to 17 Yes, is one of the bases. So before Luther began to write hymns that were not strictly translations of the Psalms, there was most people, the hymns they would write would be on the basis of a psalm and just kind of quoting it. But Luther would take a portion of the Bible and write something like a mighty fortress is our God, trying to give the people an understanding uh, in yes. their own language about how yes. important God is. And he did an excellent job of that. Absolutely. I'll read stanza two. He comes with rescue speedy to those who suffer wrong to help the poor and needy and bid the weak be strong to give them songs for sign their darkness turned to light whose souls condemned and dying 
were precious in his sight. Now that gives me a little indication of why this hymn was chosen for the fifth Sunday of Epiphany. Yes, uh, Epiphany, of course, uh, deals with that he's, he's the light of the world. Yes, and it also talks here about to help the poor and needy and bid the weak be strong. The apostle Paul, in writing to Corinthians, it's chapter 9 is the epistle, he talks about, in order to win the Jews, I became as a Jew, to win those under the law, I became as one under the law, to those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, uh, to the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. Jesus really became humble in order that he might win over those who are prideful. And by his work, by his message, people become repentant of their sins, and therefore they love the Lord Jesus Christ and understand what Montgomery is saying here. He gives them songs for sign, their darkness turned to light, as you mentioned, that light is a big thing. Any other comments on stanza two? Well, it's like you said in connection with the first stanza. Uh, he gives us what we he gives us what we don't deserve, namely grace. He 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 comes with rescue uh, for those who suffer wrong, to help the poor and the needy, and to bid the weak be strong. To give them instead of sighing, he gives them songs. And, and and their darkness is turned to light, whose souls condemned and dying were precious in his sight. Yeah, the end of the first stanza and the entirety of the second one is celebrating in the present tense the dawn of the messianic age. And that's reflecting on the words of Psalm 20, 72, but also Isaiah's messianic prophecies and Jesus' first sermon at Nazareth. In fact, he says he is here to preach the gospel, which means repentance and faith. And so Montgomery weaves that into his hymn. Yeah, Tom, when, for the sake of our listeners, you talk about the Messianic Age. The dawn of the Messianic Age is, of course, when, when Christ came to earth, uh, even as that little baby in Bethlehem. That's the dawn of the Messianic age. Now, are we still in? I, I believe we are. We're still in the Messianic age even now. That's a good point. He's because still reigning. Of, yes. What does he say is a Messianic age when he begins, for instance, in the gospel according to St. Mark, he says, this is now the beginning of a Messianic age, and that is the new covenant. Whereas the old one, quoted in both Jeremiah and Hebrews, is one by which you obey the law in order to be saved, now you believe the gospel, and it's trust in the promises that saves. And that's the beginning of the Messianic age. Right. All right, stanza three, please. Stanza three. He shall come down like showers upon the fruitful earth, Love, joy, and hope, like flowers, spring in his path to birth. 
Before him on the mountains shall peace, the herald go, and righteousness like and righteousness in fountains from hill to valley flow. Yes, in contrast to the previous verse, that kind of is talking about the past. This is now in the future. The future is he shall come down like showers upon the fruitful earth. What Bible passage comes to mind there? Let's Anything see. In your mind? Oh, I I think of oh, I think of that passage that I think it's from the Psalms that talks like he the the uh the desert shall be made shall become a pool. Yes. You know, what's what a good one. It says that the deserts or the wilderness shall become like a pool, uh, water flowing. Um, in, in other words, this water concept begins not only in the Old Testament with the crossing of the Red Sea, Noah's Ark, etc., but comes to its culmination in baptism right and that's what makes the earth fruitful namely it now bears fruit remember that curse jesus did with the fig tree yes explain that what he did well uh let's see he was uh, it was it was uh getting close to his passion yes and he was on his way on his way to the temple with his disciples and he passed by a fig, a fig tree, and there was no fruit on that fig tree. And I think, he, and he cursed it, uh, saying, "You, you shall never bear fruit yes. again." And when they were coming home from the temple, lo and behold, the the uh, the fig tree was was withered. Yes. Now, specifically, the last line of the third stanza indicates the kind of fruit that we receive. Because of what Jesus Christ has done. And what is that fruit? Uh, the fruit of good works. Is that? Or the fruit of last, faith. Last Let line. Last line. Of, of, stanza, of, the, of three. stanza three. And righteousness and fountains from hill to valley flow. Yes, the fruit is we are now declared to be righteous. And oh, I... Abraham really makes that clear when he's told he's going to have a baby with his wife, Sarah, she kind of doubts it. He believes it. And God declares him righteous because That's of right. his faith. Because of his faith. Absolutely. Yes. And Luther makes it pretty clear in the article on the Apostles' Creed, dealing with the Holy Spirit, that we cannot come by our own power into the kingdom of heaven but are drawn by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we receive two gifts, according to Peter, the gift of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that includes righteousness from hill to valley flow. So I've been thinking about what does that mean, hill to valley flow? What do you think he has in mind? Oh, I, I think, you know, I mean, there's no, from hill to valley, flow. Well, The only thing I could keep in mind with John the Baptizer. I, yes, exactly, where he says the mountains shall be made low yep. uh, and the valleys shall be lifted up. Exactly. And so it doesn't matter what kind of person you are. 
but this righteousness comes down in fountains. And of course, the fountains referring, I believe, again, back to baptism. All right, I'll read stanza four. Kings shall fall down before him and gold and incense bring. All nations shall adore him, his praise all people sing. To him shall prayer unceasing and daily vows ascends, his kingdom still increasing, a kingdom without ends. Now, that first line, kings shall fall down before him. That's obviously Gold. talking about that's obviously talking about the the coming of the magi the wise men yes golden incense bringing exactly. because it's 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 the epiphany it's an epiphany hymn and of course we still remember him uh uh being hailed by those uh those uh, magi from the east yes in your church do you ever use incense no, not not at our church, but I I have been out at the seminary uh, yes. for for special uh, occasions, particularly formal services where they have rarely used it. And I know, yeah, even some of the professors I think differed a little bit with how they whether they liked it or not. Some of them liked it. I know some of them, some of them who I I greatly respected did not. So it's yes. kind of interesting. We can we can differ on things like that. Right. Um, Good Friday services at our church, throughout the service, we kept taking out the candles, you know, uh -huh. so they wouldn't burn. Yes. And yes. there were people, there was a couple who couldn't come because the smoke from the candles throughout the whole service made them ill. Yeah. And so you can only imagine if people were using incense. But what does incense stand for? Well, it stands for our prayers ascending to God. Exactly. Yeah. And so when the wise men came, they gave gold what was fit for another king and right. incense thanking the Lord for Jesus coming into the world. And then myrrh was a, a funerary uh, yes. Ointment, uh, something to use to uh, embalm uh, to embalm the embalm the dead to remind us what Jesus came to do. He came to to die for all of us. Good point. You can only imagine what Mary was thinking when that gift was given. Yeah, but they were very expensive gifts, and we think we think that they made their travels to Egypt when they had to flee to Egypt. We think that they they expensed that. Exp that that gift, or they use those gifts for their travels. No, oh, I had not heard that. Yeah, that's what they they that's what they probably lived off of is the, those expensive gifts. The ones they gave to Jesus. Yes, you haven't heard that. No. Yeah, I did. They go I to Egypt something... after fleeing from Herod. Does the Bible say that? I yeah, they, well, they, they would have. They would have because yeah, they went to Egypt, and this was after uh, this was after the the wise men visited them because Herod was so angry because the wise men didn't report back to him, and he just said, well, he sent his henchmen out to kill anyone to kill any babies under what about right. two years old? Yes, uh, because the wise men had talked about seeing the star that long ago. 
yeah. and then took a while to get to Jerusalem. So you, we were mentioning that incense is prayers, and that was a good answer because right in that stanza, to him shall prayer unceasing and daily vows ascend. What right. are daily vows? Vows are something that we profess, uh, our and, faithfulness to him. Right. Um, and confess. It's kind of the life of sanctification. Right. Because he has given us justification. Yeah. We make, we make confirmation vows. We, we, we vow with God's help to remain faithful to what we have uh, learned from his word. And uh, so that, that's a good point you made with God's help, with God's help. Yes. Yeah. We can't say, well, we're going to be, you know, perfect from here on no. with the help of the Lord. We hope that's right. All right. Stanza five, please. Okay. Or every foe victorious, he on his throne shall rest from age to age, more glorious, all blessing and all blessed. The tide of time shall never his covenant remove. His name shall stand forever. That name to us is love. So that's how he's kind of ending the hymn, talking about the love that Jesus Christ has given. And, and that's why the hymn really describes well the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ. And it closes by celebrating Christ's eternal rule from right. age to age. See, that's the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Because the Old Covenant really doesn't save anybody. Read the book of Hebrews. It says right. that it fails because of sin. Whereas a New Covenant shall never be removed because that would have to be the removal of Christ also. So, yeah, Tom, for the, for the sake of our listeners, maybe you can explain why did, why did he establish the old covenant in the first place if he knew we wouldn't be able to, to live up to it? Yes. The answer I often give is why does a doctor establish the practice of diagnosis when he knows hearing that really doesn't help us. He does that in order to make us aware of our need for treatment. So the law, as Paul says, is revealing our sin. So we get to a point like, remember the people at Pentecost, they were cut to the heart when yes. they heard what they had done to the Messiah. Yeah, and what so shall they we said, do? Yeah. Right. And Peter told them something they can't do. Be baptized and you will receive the gift of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that promises also to you and to your children. Yes. Yeah, that's really important. Uh, the term for children there refers to any child up to seven years old, but can also be referring to um, uh, infants. infants, right? And of course, John the Baptizer wasn't even born when he came to faith. Now, believe it or not, 
Hail to the Lord's anointed by Montgomery uh, actually contain eight verses. And there are only five that we use in our hymnal. And uh, one of them, it says this. By such shall he be feared while sun and moon endure. Beloved, obeyed, revered, for he shall judge the poor. Through changing generations, with justice, mercy, truth, while stars maintain their stations or moons renew their youth. So there's really other verses that we don't sing. Yeah. In fact, um, go ahead. That one seems a little bit heavy in the law to begin with, and that might be one reason why it was not included. Yeah, the other one is, Arabia's desert ranger, to him shall bow the knee. The Ethiopian stranger, his glory come to see. With offerings of devotion, ships from the isles shall meet to pour the wealth of ocean in tribute at his feet. So those two were missing, but thanks so much for giving some insights into Hail to the Lord's Anointed. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we're getting near the end of C.F.W. Walther's various lectures on Friday evenings to seminary students. And so join with us as you hear one more insight into the distinctions between Law and Gospel. Tom Baker and Mark Smith say God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.